Hey guys, two of my all-time favorite people have started a podcast. We've got a great episode for you today. Join us on eavesdropping with Melanie and Shara. Get connected to your heart, get connected to your body, and get connected to yourself. They may not have all the answers, but they do have all the questions. Hello, everyone. We are talking about personality stuff today. I'm so excited. Me too. We're going to be talking about Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, DISC, and Love Languages. Hopefully, we'll get through all of those. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) That's always the challenge. How can we do this in under two hours? Um, Um, I was trying to shoot for 25 minutes. (laughs) Well, I mean, same, but we'll see how we do. Um... Melanie, do you want to start with your ENFP? Yeah, so this is the Myers-Briggs. Yeah, we're going to start with Myers-Briggs. Yeah, so I am an ENFP, and the E stands for extrovert. The N stands for intuitive, or intuitive, yeah, I think it's intuitive, Mm -hmm. not intuition. Correct. And then um, the F is for feelings, and the P is for perceiving. Now, when I did the test, though, um, I'm 2% from a J. So a J, it's either a P or a J at the end. Correct. And so 2% away from a J, I've had people say, how are you an ENFP, but you work in administration? Right. You I've, have so much structure. Yeah. I've been um, an administrator for two different nonprofits. And um, people who know personality types are like, how is that your personality yeah, type and yeah. you're good at that? It's because I'm 2% from a J. J. And the J stands for judging. And it's a little confusing. I I wish they would have chose different words. Same. Because judging makes it sound like something it's not. Right. Like you're judgmental or you're critical. (laughs) Although I have been called judgmental, so. (laughs) But judging is more about structure. Yeah. And planning. Where the, and the P perceiving, again, that feels more like an intuitive right. thing. I wish they would have chose a different word. Yeah. But perceiving is more about the, like, exploring and then responding, being mm-hmm. spontaneous. Mm-hmm. And that exploring and responding can happen all internally. Yeah. And then, boom, you're, you're like, throwing up everything that you've <laughs> internally processed in a very quick <gasps> amount of time onto your loved one. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, you're too spontaneous. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just ha- having a revelation why some of our conversations make sense. <laughs> I mean, gosh, how long have we been friends? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, but the judging, I actually do love, you know, the judging likes to plan and then act. And then, like, perceivers like to explore and then mm-hmm. respond. So, it's it's like a planning versus exploration. Mm-hmm. Uh, an action versus responding. And so I have this conflict yeah. inside of myself where I feel like two people a lot of times because yeah. of this. Yeah. yeah. So. Because you're borderline, yeah. Because I'm so borderline on that. But the extrovert in me, um, and you're opposite on all of my letters. Yeah. Well, except for N. We share an N. Oh, we share an N. Okay. Yeah. So in three of the letters, you're opposite. Uh-huh. So I'm an extrovert. And extroverts, again, here's what I... And you're a high percentage extrovert, right? Do you remember what your percentage is? Yeah, I don't remember, but I'm definitely way less extroverted than I was in my 20s. I think if I had taken this test in my 20s, 
I would have been a hundred percent. And if there could have been more percentage, like a hundred and twenty, yeah, I would have been like hundred twenty percent. And so I was so extroverted, <laughs> but um, I think some of that was a trauma response. Um, oh, that makes sense. So anyway, but here's the definition of extrovert versus introvert that I've always loved. Okay. Because I think it can be misconstrued that introverts don't like people or don't like hanging oh, out yeah, with people. That's not true. And it's not true. Um, it's just the where we get our energy from. Mm-hmm. So I tend to get my energy from hanging out with people. Mm-hmm. And then being alone, I need to hang out with people so I have extra fuel mm-hmm. for my alone time. The stuff mm-hmm. that I have to do by myself. Yeah. And then the introvert has gets energy being alone. And they need that time alone in order to have fuel to hang out with people. And have the energy it takes to do that. And so it's like the fuel, fuel and... Um, energy expense kind of this is what I need to do to get energy Mm -hmm. so that I can hang out with people Mm -hmm. or this is what I need to do to get energy to be alone without people do you know why that is do I know why yeah I actually found out why tell me why the reason is because extroverts need external stimulation okay to be able to like take things in yes so this is why I actually know an extrovert who will watch tv okay read a book play the radio and have a conversation at the same time. And I'm just like, I just want to shoot myself like thinking about that. Right. Because <laughs> <I know. laughs> Millie's like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, Oh my God. Remember Millie. living with me? I do remember. In living. the morning time. Yes, I do. Oh gosh. I don't, we shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> that was, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I refused to talk to Melanie in the morning. It was fine. <laughs> but, and I was fine with that. But, I would already be going. Oh, and I'd have, an hour. I'd have music going. Yes. And listening to a video. Yeah. And, you know, planning something else all at the same time. And you're like, oh, dear God, I'm yeah. overwhelmed. I, yeah. And yeah. that was before I had an office in the room. Yeah. So I was doing you all of this out, out in the dining area. In the public space. In the public space <laughs> where you couldn't come sit at the dining right. room table right. and just have time. Just exist. Just exist. Yeah. So introverts are overstimulated yeah. by external stimulation. Mm-hmm. So the reason they have to be by themselves is because they feel overwhelmed by the external stimulation. And so it's like they're able to process in quieter spaces. So I agree with you that like introverts love spending time with people just as much as yeah, extroverts, absolutely. but context is also important. Mm-hmm. I would say like you like parties with music and Yes. All this noise is happening. It's very exciting. And I'm like, I like parties where I would be happiest if there was no music. Mm. And maybe we were playing a board game and there was like three of us. See, I could call that a party with three people in a board game, but you have to have the music playing. Yeah. See, I'm always the music off. Oh, man. Always. I will take three hour, like if I'm in a car, so long of it is just silent. I'm actually doing that more and more. Yeah. But... Yeah, I, if it's a party, <laughs> it's got to have the music. It's got to have, have that loud stuff going on. It's got to have that vibe, Yeah, right? No, I totally understand you <laughs> because I understand personalities. <laughs> okay, so, keep yeah. going. Keep going with your, yeah. So that's my ENFP. And so the, the end part is just the intuitive part. You maybe you can talk a little bit about the difference there between sensing and intuitive. Yeah, I will. And then the um, F part is the feeler feeler thinker, mm-hmm. and um, where I will go with a feeling, and I think it's the right. language too. Like, mm-hmm. 
you'll notice you'll notice this as a consultant. I don't know if if other people who don't do this line of work notice that, but pay attention. Like when when you're having a conversation with someone, um, if they respond like I feel like yeah versus well I think that, mm-hmm. and there's people that will like they'll give that part away, mm-hmm. like oh this is how I feel about that. It doesn't mean they haven't been thinking about it, mm-hmm. right? Right. And the thinker, it's not like they don't have a feeling about it, but it's that place that they come from. Right. And and I'll let you talk about that more because you know more about it. Do you want to talk about your pee? I did. Oh, you did? Yeah, I talked about my pee. The perceiver oh. and the judger. Oh, yeah. Okay. In the beginning. Oh, great. Then I'll just... Okay. Yeah. So I am INTJ. Um, which for those of you who are not that familiar with Myers-Briggs, there are only 2% uh, in the population of INTJs. And then in women, there are only four in every 500 women are INTJs. So it is mostly known as a masculine personality. So that's been very interesting interesting for me to navigate as I've been, been exploring like masculine and feminine energies it's been really interesting to explore that so I am an introvert I am over an 80 percent introvert so I like um like loads of time by myself some people are shocked by how much time I like spending by myself Mm -hmm. um which is usually involved people like think oh that must be boring but I actually it's very satisfying because then I get to process all of the external stimulation that I've experienced by being around people. So it's actually very important for me to have mm-hmm. a lot of alone time. And then the N, as Melanie said, is intuitive. The opposite of N is the sensing, which that is where um, kind of when you're coming to a conclusion about something, intuition is more going to be based off of these uh, things that you maybe cannot articulate, whereas sensing their decisions will be based off of information that have come through the five senses. So they're very practical people. And I would say they're not very, um, they, if, uh, as far as learners go, they have to learn on their own. Mm -hmm. They're not very good at learning from other people's mistakes because they have to experience. So they're, yeah, they're very much in their five senses and they really struggle doing, um, like concepts in the sense that I can take a concept and adopt it to my life like no problem. Mm -hmm. Whereas sensing people actually, again, they have to walk through and they have to have the experience to be able to adopt something new. So um, if you have children specifically that you feel like you tell them not to do something and you tell them why, but they do it anyways, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that it's out of rebellion. It's because they actually have to learn for them to quote unquote know or understand why you're saying not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not always rebellion in that case. It, It can be personality that they actually have to, I have a, um, I know someone who's an S and I'm like, I do not know why they have to go through all these things. Yeah. It's because they actually, they have to have the experience on their own, right? It's not that they're immature. Yeah. It's not that it's from trauma. It's not from any of those things or they're rebellious. It's because they actually have to experience that. It's that kin- kinesthetic. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and then I'm a thinker on the T and the F. Uh, I'm the thinker. So everything extremely logical, like Melanie was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much, all of my decisions are driven by logic. 
Yeah. I do have emotions about them, but they play an extreme second fiddle to all of my decision-making process. Yeah. It's very rare for me to make a decision yeah. from how I feel. Yeah. See, I'll go, I'll go with a gut feeling. Yeah, I don't ever do. I if, mean, if I won't say gut. ever. Yeah. Yeah. But if, I'm profoundly logical. So. <laughs> I will take, I take in all the mm-hmm. thinking information, yeah. all the logic. Yeah. But then it filters through my gut. Your filter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your feeling filter. Yeah. Um, I do the opposite. So I take how I feel, right? And yeah. it, it filters through my logic. Like yeah. I have to logically get there. Um, and then my J. So the cool thing about J's is they really love structure. Um, and depending on trauma and past experiences, that can either be a dangerous thing or that can be a really good thing. Um, I am quite adept at seeing, uh, broken systems and how to repair them Mm -hmm. in a very effective way. And so that's what I love about my J. I have very low capacity for spontaneity. Yeah. (laughs) Which has been interesting for our friendship. Very low. (laughs) Um, but the interesting thing is I do want to point this out. A lot of people think that if you're not spontaneous, you don't like adventure. That's not true. I actually really enjoy adventure. It just has to be planned. It can't be a surprise for me. I have to know what's happening, Mm -hmm. but I do. I actually, my heart loves adventure. I just have to know what's happening. Do you like surprises at all? No. Zero. So like surprise, here's a $1,000. I think I am building... I'm learning how to build a trust with um, that surprises can be good. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Because I feel like I have a history with um, being surprised by people who don't know me. Mm. And so when you're surprised by someone who doesn't know you, the hard thing about that is it exposes how much they don't know you. Oh, painful. And they're doing it out of love and affection, but then it just exposes how little they know you. And so I think for me, surprises have not been fun because... There have been instances, not all, (laughs) I want to be clear, like not Mm -hmm. all, but there have been instances where surprises have not been fun because of what it has exposed. Okay. So I think I'm just more hesitant about surprises because they don't, yeah, because of what it exposes. Yeah. Yeah. It really, I'm learning in this season with the Lord right now, all of his suddenlies, he's been showing me recently, all of his suddenlies have always been good. And so I'm, I'm quicker on the uptake with his surprises like mm-hmm. oh yeah this is great right I'm learning how to like this is great because I feel known and taken care of mm-hmm. um but he's had to build a history with me yeah it's good so tell us about Enneagram okay Enneagram I'm not I would not say that I am as knowledgeable on Enneagram as I am on Myers-Briggs and DISC um but that is kind of a newer thing that's making its way back into the church. So just tell me about your number. Yeah, I'll just tell you about my number cuz I feel like I'm really knowledgeable about that <laughs> one. Um I'm a 5. Okay. I for the longest time thought I was a 2. Right. And I remember this. yeah, and then mm-hmm. my friend kindly and gently told me that she thought I was a 5 and then explained all the reasons why and this is kind of how it went. She was like, "You just don't um this is going to sound terrible on a podcast, but you're going to get to know me, and I promise that I'm not as unkind as it makes this sound. And she was like, Charlotte, you just don't care for people that much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're right, I don't. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I just, I'm so logical, and well, I do the, not put people first. The two is a helper. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a helper. Yeah. I'm a logic-driven, factual, like, structure Right, and I've I've learned how to adjust my values, um, but fives also, which was really a revelation for me, was they're very private. 
Mm. And when I looked back over my life, I realized a lot of the wounding that occurred over my life had to do with people exposing parts of my me before I was ready for them to. Yeah. Not even bad things. Just, no, not even bad things. Yeah. Just things that I was like, oh, I didn't want someone to share that about right. me. Or it wasn't their like, part. for instance, um, here's a good example. Um, I just moved into a new place, mm-hmm. and I've had so many people like, oh, I want to come over and see it. But I'm learning like, oh, I need this space to be mine first. Yeah. So I said no. Yeah. Whereas if they had just come over, that would have felt terrible. Uh-huh. Right? Because it was like, oh, you're coming too soon. I'm not ready to share this yet. So it's not a... Right. Yeah. Like you said, yeah, it's not a bad thing. I'm just learning yeah. what are my boundaries, what feels private, what feels okay to share. So yeah. that's been a, a profound thing for learning about being mm-hmm. a five. Yeah. One thing I've learned about friendship with you is the there's a timing mm-hmm. and a pace with you yeah. <laughs> and so there's a pace that you need mm-hmm. that doesn't match others and because it, I'm so damn slow <laughs> it's, and it's not even about slow but it's like being friends with you has actually showed me how there's pace mm. there's pace in places I didn't know there was pace oh okay yeah. Like what? Like Do you a, have an example? Like morning routines. Oh. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> morning routines. I'm like, I've always been so fast. Yeah. Go, 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 go. Get right. it done, get it done, get it done. Right. Um, I only had one pace, which was on and fast. Right. And um, watching you take your time and, and not just, and, and, and I hope I can articulate because it's not even just about... A slower pace. Yeah. It's the intentionality in which you put into your pace. Oh, okay. So I'm like, oh. Where I would just like jump in the river and go with yeah. the flow. Yeah. Oh, that's your pee. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So stuff like that will come out. Yeah. Anyway. What's your Enneagram? Uh, what's your wing? Did you say that? Um, I pretty evenly wing four and six. Oh, Okay. Like, it's it's fairly even. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. Weird. Yeah. Um, I am a eight wing seven. Oh, so, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Which is so funny, because I'm like, how many times have you told me this? And every time I'm like, oh my gosh, it makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's interesting. There's a lot of people who, when they find out my Enneagram, they go, you're not an eight. Are you kidding me? No. Who are these people? I think because they experience... They're comparing me to a very unhealthy eight. Oh. And they're comparing... Like, they didn't know me in my 20s. Fair enough. <laughs> if they knew me in my 20s... Right. And when I was in my teenage years, yeah. they would have been like, oh, dang, you're an eight. Yeah. But I've gone on a long journey of healing and maturity yeah. Yeah. that um, an eight, when it's healthy, actually looks more like the two. Yeah. The helper. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm in unhealth mm-hmm. or I'm in stress, yeah, I look like uh, the five okay. in this negativity. Mm-hmm. So I get investigative. I get paranoid. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I get very critical. Yeah, judgmental yeah. of like people's motives. Yep, like not trusting at yeah. all. Zero trust. Um, and I. Can I've been a bully in my past? I've, yeah, yeah, all of that. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. 
And then the seven is the fun part. <laughs> so Yes, you are very fun. I have a high core value. It's it's a core value of fun. Yeah. And I never I think I told you how I found out my core value was fun. No. My daughter one day points out to me, I can't remember which daughter, but she says, Um, Mom, how come every time I leave I think it was Hannah. Okay. Sounds more like a Hannah question. Okay. Um, how come every time I leave or come back from somewhere when I go to leave you go okay bye have fun and then when I come back you go your first question is did you have fun oh my gosh and I it just hit me I was like so interesting fun matters to me deeply like it deeply matters and so um and when Ken my husband will walk out and I'll be like bye have fun and he's like it's work babe (laughs) it's work and I'm like yeah but I can make everything fun yeah that's true you do and so have fun Okay. <laughs> She's like, fine. <laughs> so that's, that's so interesting. That's my seven wing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can yeah. see that coming out. Yeah. Um, what was, do you remember what your disc was? Yeah, it was a uh, IS. Intuitive. Uh, oh. No. What's the I stand I, for? You know, I forget them. I forget them but too. But personality gurus will know. They'll know what we're talking about. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, you can Google it. Disc. D-I-S-C. Correct. And I is. You're right. I remember I being, like, influencing or, mm-hmm. it, yeah. you know, it's, you like to go out and influence. And, yeah. And it's like the campaigner. They're, well, they're both the relational. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the S is um, the serving. Oh, yeah. The serving okay. capacity. Well, that, what I found out interesting about that is um, when I worked at an anti-trafficking organization, they did a disc test with all the staff. Oh, yeah. And what I saw in that moment in that training that... Um, Denny, who is a master coach, I love her. Okay. Um, and I had to give a shout out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Denny was doing that um, training that day, and what I saw about myself is I would flip. Like normally, the I is more authoritative. Okay. So it's more of an authoritative yes, relational is. role. Mm-hmm. So it'll be taking the front and mm-hmm. taking the lead mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But in work settings, I flip to the S. Like, mm-hmm. and unless I know for sure yeah, that, that it is my right or um, responsibility yeah, to, to take charge and yeah. lead in a workplace setting, I will not. It has to be very clear for me. Okay. And so I found that really interesting to, to discover about myself. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that was interesting is there was another lady on the team who also was an IS, but she... Oh, had the same okay. experience. Yeah, she was she like the same thing in in a work her setting. Adaptive, yeah. Her adaptive would you would flip to the S, and so okay. um, I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, I test um, for the longest time. I tested as CI, and then um, interestingly enough, I had the same friend <laughs> be like, "Hey, friend, I think you might be a D." <laughs> um, and not gonna lie, I cried for three days. <gasps> Um, but here's why I think D's get a bad rap because, um, so I am a CD. I am. D is called dominant and nobody wants to be dominant. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. It's really fun when you're a female too. Right. Yeah. Um, so the, I think the bad rap that the D's get is pretty consistently what happens with the D is when they're given a task, um, they pretty much just barrel through until they achieve the task mm-hmm. and they don't really think about what's happening between the beginning part and the end part. Right. And so a lot of feelings get hurt between the beginning and the end. Yeah. And so, um, 
I think I was crying a lot because D's really get a bad rap. Yeah. And so when I, I went through that process of like <laughs> accepting that I was a D, um, one of the things that I realized was that D's are incredibly passionate mm-hmm. and we feel very, very deeply. And you're not the, you're not the only D who I know who cried about being a D. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. They were just so, and, and, um, it was actually someone on, on that staff as well. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, and, and when I say cried, like, she didn't cry in front of us, but right. she was very devastated that she oh, was I, a D. She I was so sad. for three days. Yeah, it wasn't like a light cry. Yeah. It was like, it was rough. And I think, too, I think, too, a lot of people think that Ds have no thought or care for others. They do. Because of how we do things. Mm-hmm. But it's not true. When right. we hear that we've hurt someone, here's the hardest thing for a D. No one's willing to tell us. Mm, because they're scared because everyone's <laughs> so into they are they're so scared i don't because we're so dominated like i i understand logically but but to be honest when i hear the feedback that i've hurt someone it if yeah. it affects yes. me like yeah. i don't like that right i don't like that part of myself mm-hmm. there's there's this person this personality thing is it almost blinds me a little bit yeah Right? To my effect on others. Yeah. And so the only way that I will no longer be blind to that is Mm -hmm. when someone comes up and says, hey, when you did this, this is how I experienced it. Yeah. And so my, my, one of my deepest heartaches is that people are unwilling to tell me. Yes. Yes. I've, being an eight wing seven, I've had that pain of that dominating because Eights are pretty aggressive, aggressive, yeah. dominating personality. Yeah. And um, on the disc, an I is also in the more like authoritative is. side, mm-hmm. right? So, like, so I looked it up. Um, the D stands for dominance, the I stands for influence, the con- uh, C stands for conscientious, and the S stands for steadfast. And um, in these roles, the C and S are more submissive like serving roles where the D and the I are more authoritative mm-hmm. roles. And I want to point out that the I's and the S's are relational based. They're relational. They will always do relationship first. Uh-huh. Whereas C's and D's will do task Tasks. first. Yeah. So there again, it cuts me off from being understood as warm. Yes. Because I'm very task oriented. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to learn how to come across as connecting yeah. because people get so freaking offended. <laughs> Even though I love them. And that I'm kind and generous. Yeah. Like I my very first thought is to get a task done. Yeah. So I highly recommend disc actually yeah. for married people. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, please. Please please do yourself a favor and go check it out. Yeah. It was so life changing for me yeah. and my husband. What I, I now have a phrase that I coined because in the moment it was like, uh, aha, as I'm reading his disc results, I'm like, oh what my. was he? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. But in the moment, like they give you the breakdown where they, right. they describe why, <laughs> why you're operating in these things, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my gosh. It's not personal, it's personality. Yeah. And there were so many things I was taking personal from my husband. Yeah. 
that were just personality. Right. And vice versa. Right. And when we realize, like, oh, this is actually, like, an operating system for you, mm-hmm. it's not personal. Right. So I can stop taking this personal. Oh, yeah. And 100%. Learn, and learn to just, you know, operate within the relationship. And here's also what I want to say on that. Like, here's the difference between personality and trauma, okay? <laughs> or, like, self-protection. Yeah. Right? Yes, I am a D. And, yeah, I do achieve those things. But when someone approaches me... I get to change my approach towards them, right? And I think that's the difference. When people start using their personality as an excuse to be a victim or to whatever, I don't like it when people use their personality stuff as as an excuse. I don't like that either. It's very... um, This is why psychologists don't like personality tests. Right. Because you can put yourself in a box and excuse your behavior. Um. And that's not okay. That drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, I've had this on, um, you know, when we did that test as mm-hmm. a staff mm-hmm. and, and everyone learned their disc, you saw a wave of people going, oh, that's because I'm an S. Oh, that's because I'm a C. Oh, that's <sighs> because I'm an I. And it became like the framework in which they expected people to expect their right. uh, performance to right. be. And it's like, no, this is a place of a launching pad of understanding. Yes. But you actually can be all of these things. Yeah. You can be all of them. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what test it is. Myers-Briggs, DISC, Enneagram, all of them. Right. Uh, you can operate in all of those uh, attributes. Yes. Uh, it just takes learning. It does. It's the why, you know, I can be... You know, who I was in my 20s. Right. And grow, right? It's about growth and maturity. And and it's really about learning a language. Mm -hmm. Like, what other languages do I need to learn? Yeah, 100%. To be a more full-rounded person. Yeah, or a well-rounded speaker. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How can I help others understand me? Because if I can't understand myself, then I can't tell you about me. No. And you can't tell me about me because you don't live in me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, go check out the disc if you haven't before. It's it's uh, really great. And we're going to kind of wrap this up talking about our love languages really quick. Yeah. Love languages have a primary and a secondary. Um, there are five, mm-hmm. uh, but we're just going to talk about our each two really quick before we wrap this up. Yeah. So my top two are mm-hmm. quality time mm-hmm. and words of affirmation. Now, my husband mm-hmm. would say... It's quality time and acts of service. <laughs> Fair enough. And that's actually probably true. Well, I think they change, and it probably depends on who you are mm-hmm. relating to, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. mine are quality time and touch, like physical affection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I found this out because I was in one of my many programs that I've been in. And I was taking this class and I was sitting next to this guy every day. And we ended up doing, we would like grocery shop together. There's a lot of things that we would do together. And I ended up, like I woke up one day and I was like, oh my God, I'm totally into this guy. And I was curious to wonder why, because I was not physically attracted to him. Like there was nothing about him that I was interested in and I didn't really understand. And then one day in class, we went over love languages. Uh And so they were talking about quality time and physical affection, and he was meeting both of those needs for me. Yeah. And that is the day that I realized that you can fall in love with someone just based on needs. Yeah. Because he was meeting those needs, and I was like, 
my heart almost got swept away. Like if we hadn't had that class, I actually wonder oh, wow. if my heart, heart, I don't, he was not interested in me right. at all, right. but I wonder if my heart would have run away with me and just like, Ooh. I would have gotten my heart broken. Which is funny because I want to make it clear. I was not physically attracted to him. Okay. He was just meeting my needs. Just those two love language Just needs. those two love language needs. That was it. Wow. Yeah. So now I'm very careful about like who Lim- I'm physically affectionate yeah. with and who my, who, like how much time I spend with who. Yeah. It's really good. Only for me though. Right. Not because I don't love people or no. I don't want to yeah. express my affection for them, but to guard my own heart. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. It's weird. That's so good. It's yeah. great insight. Yeah. I like it. Well, I think we touched them all. We did. I hope that was exciting for you guys as it was for us. I <laughs> love talking about this stuff. I, I could do. go for hours. I know. We could go forever. But I think that was a great overview and helps everyone get to know us a little bit. Uh, send us in your questions if you have any. And uh, we'd love to hear some feedback. Yeah. All right, you guys. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Shira on Instagram at the grand story. It's a little weird spelled out. So here it is at T H E G R A N D E S T O R E Y. And you can find Melanie at melaniehuggard.com. We can't wait to hear from you.